1: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins
0: podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, your team. Every, day, every, day, every, day, every day. What's up, everybody? We welcome you to another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 194. I am your host, Chris Russell. We are back uh, and uh would say better than ever, I don't know how true that statement is, and we always try and give you as much of the truth as we possibly can. But we hope that you are entertained and informed. That is what we aim to do here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. It is episode number 194, 194. And again, good to have you with us. Now, let's get to it because there's a lot of news and a lot of stuff going on and a lot of things that can change, maybe depending on when you listen uh, to this particular episode. Uh, so we'll try and freshen it up as quickly as we can. But we also have a bunch of news right now that we can get to and bring to you guys uh, in case you're not absolutely uh, dialed in uh, and so that you can be locked on uh, to the Washington Redskins. See, pardon the pun. All right, let's get to it. The Redskins officially re-signed Adrian Peterson. On Monday afternoon at Redskins Park, a reported two-year deal. Uh, They, of course, will not release the terms on the deal. We kind of went over some of the numbers last week, as best we have it. Some of the numbers, still not official. But the bottom line is, is it's a 2019 deal with some security on the table for 2020. We'll see if Adrian Peterson makes it to 2020. But here's what you have to know. Number one, the deal is done, so that's good. The Redskins have now Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. As you know, Peterson combined for 1,250 total yards. Uh, And I would expect, of course, his yardage to go down, his contributions to go down in that regard, along with seven touchdowns. Uh, But I would think you'd get an even better Adrian Peterson if he can stay healthy, uh, just because he'll be fresher and just because he'll be more used to everything in the scheme and in the system. Uh, and he'll be utilized differently. Uh, And again, Darius Geis, assuming that he's healthy, will be able to take a lot of the load uh, off of him. Now, I'm sure it'll be a gradual kind of process, and maybe they'll rotate every other series. Maybe they'll uh, rotate two and two series. Maybe they'll come in and out on the same series. I'm sure certainly, depending on length of drive, if it's a 10, 12, 13 play drive, you'll see both. If it's you know, four- or five-play drive, you might only see just the one. Um, and I'm sure Adrian Peterson will probably, probably be utilized more inside the red zone area and near the goal line. But here's what you need to know. According to profootballfocus.com and their premium subscription package, Adrian Peterson, since 2012, is third in the most missed tackles forced. Most missed tackles forced. Forced. basically he makes a move to force a missed tackle at 248 combined since 2012 only Marshawn Lynch at 316 and Leshawn McCoy of the Buffalo Bills Leshawn McCoy at 263 are higher than Adrian Peterson uh, on that particular list and with that particular uh, number now That's good. That's officially in the fold, as is Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie. We went over in painstaking detail Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie and the impact he could potentially have. By the way, we went through the weekend, no cuts on Josh Norman, uh, Vernon Davis, uh, no cuts from anyone uh, with the Washington Redskins. Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie, these numbers, again, uh, courtesy of profootballfocus.com. We didn't bring these kind of analytical-type numbers to you but we mentioned how much slot he played for the New York Giants in his last year there in 2017. He played almost exclusively outside for the Oakland Raiders last year in his five games with them. But in 2017, he played 45% of his snaps from inside the slot area. The Redskins certainly have more than a need in that particular area. But here's what you need to know. Dominique Rogers Cromartie, 0.76 yards per snap allowed. Passing yards per snap allowed. Meaning, again, they're kind of using that as a metric of not yards per catch, yards per ten, yards per snap that he's on the field. That was tied for sixth best among cornerbacks with 75 or more coverage snaps. So that's important. 0.76 yards per snap. That's tied for sixth among cornerbacks, 75 or more coverage snaps. Meanwhile, uh, he had 9.0 cover snaps per target. That was fourth best uh, in the NFL that particular year. So that's all a good sign for Dominique Rodgers-Camardi, who we expect, who I expect, certainly to play, again, more in the slot than I do on the outside. But he certainly can play uh, on the outside. But again, the reason why you you kind of expect him to play in the slot, number one, he doesn't have that blazing quickness that he used to have. Also, in addition to that, he's a bigger body, um, so he can you know, hopefully be a little bit more physical and be a little bit more with longer arms and um, a longer frame, maybe be a little bit more menacing, usually against smaller receivers. But a lot of teams will throw their best receiver into the slot. A lot of teams will shift and motion their best or a tight end. So, you know, it's again, a very important position that you have some size. You can't be, well, you can be, but it's no longer just, oh, like, let's throw a 5'9", 175-pound guy. That might work, but that's not going to work against a 210-pound receiver who's 6'3". Uh, you're going to lose that battle. So Dominique Rogers cromartie again, will work primarily out of the slot. And that's because if you look, if everybody's healthy and everybody's accounted for and everybody's here, Josh Norman and Quinton Dunbar – And Fabian Moreau. Now, Moreau, of course, started last year and played a bunch out of the slot, but they switched him to the outside. That's his more natural position. Those three would figure to be your top three outside corners, with the Redskins having a little bit of depth there, assuming, again, that they keep Josh Norman. Then you have Greg Strowman. Then you have also Danny Johnson. Johnson can play a little inside the slot. Strowman can play a little inside the slot. You have... Josh Holsey, who they liked in his rookie year out of the slot, but he didn't play an awful lot last year, and he was, of course, hurt, missed all of training camp, missed all of the preseason, uh, was on um – The NFI list, uh, again, he missed the first half of the season, then he eventually came back and just was never kind of largely in that mix. So the Redskins needed some veteran insurance, they needed some versatility, they needed some talent, they needed some ability, uh, and they needed to make sure that that position uh, got taken care of because with so many teams in their three wide receiver packages, uh, so much of the time, again, you're a nickel all the time anyway, or 65 70, you know, maybe 70% of the time, your nickel back is on the field. So he needs to be able to play um, outside, inside specifically, uh, and he needs to be able to play off the ball and all that stuff. So I think Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie, even though he is of elevated age, I think this is going to be a pretty good fit for the Washington Redskins. Again, you hope that he certainly doesn't bristle with the defensive coaches and his teammates and all of that, like what happened with Orlando Skendrick last year. Because remember, I was, you know... I thought that was a pretty good signing last year. I was, I guess, woefully wrong. They thought Orlando Skandrick was poisonous. So I hope from a character standpoint, they know what they have here. And certainly um, it helps to have them reunited with Landon Collins, who he played with, with the New York Giants. All right, we're going to take a quick time out right here. Episode number 194 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. When we come back, the Redskins hosting a free agent and as well, signing one of their former wide receivers back to the fold, plus plus an explosive report on my radio station from a colleague of mine, and then a little bit of a counter from another colleague of mine on head coach Jay Gruden. And then we'll finish it up with some news and notes after that. Good to have you with us right here on episode number 194 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 194. I am your host, Chris Russell. Again, when you get in your car, make sure you tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Get in your car. Be hands-free. Tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on Redskins. As always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins. Uh, On Twitter, you can follow me individually for more than just Redskins coverage at Russellmania621, at Russellmania621. But again, uh, all Redskins coverage all the time, at Locked Redskins. And if you want the whole NFL covered in one feed, do invite you, as always, to check out at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all of your NFL team coverage from all of our local podcast hosts and experts. All right, let's get back to it right here. Cause we've got a lot of news that we have to get to. We covered uh, Adrian Peterson and we covered Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Uh, the Redskins did make a transaction. It's not official as we record this Monday late afternoon, uh, but according to his sports agency and his representatives, Sports Trust Advisors based out of Atlanta, the Redskins have brought back veteran wide receiver Brian Quick. He had nine catches in 17 games over two seasons. With the Washington Redskins, according to ProFootballFocus.com, he played 81 snaps in 2018. This is on the offensive side, 77 in 2017. His overall grade, is 60.1 in 2018, a 76.5. Certainly not horrible in 2017. His yards per route run, again, similar to kind of uh, the metric that they used for yards per snap and coverage snap with DRC that we were kind of mentioning is yards per route run, not yards per reception, not yards after the, yards per route run. Every time he's in a pass route, Brian Quick had a 0.38 number and metric in 2018, way, way, way down over a full yard down from 2017, where he was at 1. Look, what does this bring you? He can help you on special teams if he makes the roster. Certainly, they are challenged. They've lost Jamison Crowder. They have Trey Quinn. They have Paul Richardson. He's not healthy. He's still recovering. We know Josh Doxon. There's major questions about that. Jehu Chesson's more of a developmental guy and a special teams guy, and by the way, very good uh, on special teams from what we've seen so far. They just don't have a lot there at that particular position. Now, supposedly they were looking to make a big splash. It was rumored, certainly, that it was at wide receivers. Nothing has happened. We talked extensively about A.J. Green uh, last week. Don't think that's going to happen, but you'd never know. I did talk to somebody uh, who's very familiar with the Redskins' uh, thought process uh, and a longtime NFL personnel executive. He said he would target A.J. Green, but that the Redskins would not, in his eyes, and his opinion uh, and in his thoughts, and he is very well connected um, still to the uh, Redskins front office. So we have that particular situation. Then we have this. Over the weekend, eh, we found out actually on Sunday afternoon that Adam Schefter, first to report this of ESPN, that the Redskins would host veteran offensive tackle Eric Flowers. Yeah, Eric Flowers, who we mentioned earlier, Early last week on the Locked on Redskins podcast, I'm not sure what episode uh, it was, but it was right before free agency about some low-cost value signings for the Washington Redskins based on need, based on not having a lot of money, based on still developing body. And we said Eric Flowers would be one of those guys. Now, we listed guys like L. Patterson and other guys, uh, A.J. Kahn, who re-signed with Jacksonville on a three-year deal, Again, when they brought him back, I kind of wondered, okay, they might not be bringing back flowers. Now, that's not to say that they can't. He actually played reasonably well for the Jacksonville Jaguars after being traded at the deadline by the New York Giants to Jacksonville. Um, So here's the thing. Flowers can play left tackle. He can play right tackle. Maybe, and a lot of people and a lot of Redskins fans want to kick him inside the guard. Certainly that was something Ty Anseki did over the course of the last couple of years and finished up last year uh, at left guard. Certainly there is still a need there. A lot of people argue that Eric Flowers just doesn't have the feet and the and, the, and the footwork and technique and the speed and the athleticism uh, to his drops, which is kind of weird because I always thought he was – He would struggle more with his, you know, with bull rush and power as opposed to his athleticism. But that's what people that have watched him closely in New York, and certainly it's hard to argue, uh, he wasn't successful in any way, shape, or form with the Giants at the left tackle spot, at the right tackle spot, uh, no matter what way you really slice it. However, the numbers kind of generate like this. Flowers was only credited with giving up two sacks once he got to Jacksonville and played a bunch uh, at left tackle. We gave you some of those numbers uh, last week. Over the last three years, if you just kind of, like, size them up cumulatively, uh, Eric Flowers had a 65.1 overall cumulative grade in 2018. Again, part of the year with the Giants, much of the year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ty Ansecki had a 67.8, so slightly higher Uh, with the Redskins again playing all those different positions that he did. But in 2017, Flowers had a 66.8 cumulative overall grade, whereas Nseki banged up and playing through some stuff had an overall cumulative grade of 60.3. Now in 2016, Flowers, again, the lesser player of the two, nobody's suggesting that he's not, 69.4 cumulative out of 100 in 2016 versus Nseki, 78.3, 78.3, this all according to ProFootballFocus.com uh, and their premium subscription package. Now, just using that kind of as a baseline, nobody's saying that Eric Flowers is better than Ty Insecki or the same as Ty Insecki or that the Redskins are, uh, you know, in great shape. But remember, they drafted Jaron Christian in the third round out of Louisville. He was way overmatched. Then he got hurt midway through last year. So he's A, still recovering. B, There's no guarantee that he's any good. He was not good in really any practice, in any preseason game, in any spot duty that I saw him in. And I think many others would share that same assessment. He was overmatched. He was nowhere near strong enough to anchor uh, and deal with the power and the strength and the speed of NFL linemen and linebackers. No way, shape, or form. So, again, for those of you that got after me on Twitter about Eric Flowers, listen. Eric Flowers is not a great player by any stretch, but at least he's been in the league for four years. He's got plenty of experience now. He's still a young and developing body. He's still only 26 years old, and he was a former top 10 pick of the New York Giants. He was in the Brandon Sheriff deal. The Redskins chose Brandon Sheriff. Now, what I was told at that time or afterwards was that, the, that some people in the Redskins building, and I'm not sure who they are, quite honestly, liked Eric Flowers and advocated for Eric Flowers. Now, as it turned out, the Redskins made the right move, even though they were technically wrong, on Brandon Sheriff, who they paraded around for the first couple of months that he was in Washington as a right tackle when everyone knew his best position was guard, and they moved him inside to guard two days into training camp. But they were ultimately right. Sheriff is the better player than Eric Flowers. There is no doubt about that. But why give up on a player like Eric Flowers who might just be developing? Maybe he's nothing more than a fringe starter and a competent backup. Maybe he's a terrible backup. Maybe he'll develop into a good star. I have no idea. It is impossible to say, after four years, That just because a guy had a really rough go of it, that he has no chance, no chance of improving or being competent or being solid. As a matter of fact, the grades all in the mid-60s to upper 60s would tell you that he is competent and he is solid. And that's just pro football focus's grading method. Uh, But I like those guys, and I respect what they do. I'm not saying that they're perfect. I'm not saying I don't disagree with some things, but they are not incompetent. They're not giving mid-60s to upper-60s grades out of 100 if a guy is absolutely brutal. Redskins fans think he's brutal because they've seen plenty of Giants games, including against the Redskins, and they've seen people torch him. Well, uh, again, nobody's suggesting that Eric Flowers doesn't have a lot to improve on. Otherwise, he would still be with the Giants. Nobody's suggesting that Eric Flowers was good with the Giants, but he's still a developing player. And believe it or not, you can still get better, and you can become decent. You can become fairly good. You can become good. Guys get better with age. The more they work at it, the more experience they get, the more savvy they get, the more they study, the better their body, all sorts of different things. So why shut your door just because somebody struggled for the first three-plus years of their career? Uh, it makes no sense to me. I think the Redskins could sign them to a one-year prove it to them type deal. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, they can easily whack him. It costs virtually nothing. Uh, and it gives you some veteran insurance, again, not only for Jaron Christian, but also for Trent Williams and Morgan Moses. All right. Um, one other thing that we wanted to get to, Brandon Copeland, according to my pal John Keim at ESPN.com, was also of interest to the Washington Redskins. According to ProFootballFocus.com last year, he had a 67.4 overall grade out of 100. That was 41st among 65 uh, edge defenders. He had 38 pressures, which was 42nd among edge defenders, but an 87.8 in coverage, which was second-best among edge defenders. And PFF kind of made a comparison in terms of usage and style to former Redskin, now former Titan because he retired, Brian Arakpo, former Redskin, uh, first-round pick in 2009. Uh, Arakpo had 611 snaps, 357 in terms of—I'm sorry, Copeland had 611 snaps last year. 357 pass rush, 54 cover snaps. Aragpo had 572 compared to the 611, and he had 307 compared to 357 pass rush, and he had 56 cover snaps as opposed to the comparable of 54 cover snaps. So uh, that kind of gives you an idea that, you know, you don't want to send him into coverage all the time, but he's certainly more than adequate, more than competent at it uh, if you use him right, and certainly a guy who can provide you with a little bit of sizzle uh, off the edge. Uh, don't forget, guys like Nick Perry are still out there. He was let go by Green Bay. Uh, so there are some other options for the Washington Redskins. All right, when we come back to wrap up this edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast, Jay Gruden has he been shut out. That's what my colleague Eric Bickle of the Sports Junkies reported on Monday morning. We'll have the details for you then as we wrap things up here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. All right, we are back. It is episode number 194 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. And you know what? Sometimes this happens, and this was why we were waiting as long as we could. We just got done talking about Eric Flowers visiting and why I think the Redskins should have brought him in. And what do you know? We just got word. Eric Flowers is going to sign with the Washington Redskins, a one-year reported $4 million deal, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. And as well, John Kime, also of ESPN. So there you have it. Eric Flowers is in the fold uh, for the Washington Redskins. Again, can't say uh, that I am surprised in any way, shape, or form. I thought this was a good match. I've been saying uh, for a couple of years now uh, that the Redskins liked him, um, uh, uh, you know, enough. And, um, you know, it looks like they more than liked him enough to give him a pretty – to give him a pretty good contract, to be quite honest with you, it's being, again, uh, speculated that it's a one-year $4 million deal. Actually, not speculated. Schefter is actually reporting one-year $4 million. We don't know if it's all guaranteed. We don't know exactly how that breakdown is. Uh, but one-year $4 million deal for Eric Flowers to join the Washington Redskins. So we'll have more on him coming up on the next episode. Uh, but we wanted to squeeze in that breaking news. As well, we want to get to this. My colleague, uh, Eric Bickle, EB, of the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan, uh, NBC Sports Washington, Radio.com, and a couple of other radio stations throughout the Virginia area, uh, and longtime legendary host, uh, part of a foursome In the morning on the station that I work for reported on Monday morning that Jay Gruden has not been involved or consulted on free agent acquisitions and moves, such as the trade for Case Keenum, I guess, uh, and the free agent acquisition of Landon Collins. EB went so far to say, quote, he's super frustrated. Now, this was based on what a source had told him. I have no information, no knowledge, no idea who the source is. I mean... You know, we all have our speculation. We all have our suspicions um, on who people talk to uh, and who gives information to who. uh, But that's just reckless, and I'm just not going to do that. However, I should point out that Craig Hoffman, uh, while acknowledging some of the frustration that Jay Gruden has, uh, said that Jay Gruden very much liked Landon Collins, and as well he liked the addition of Case Keenum. And has been involved in all sorts of meetings um, and all sorts of group planning with the Washington Redskins. So EB had basically said he was not involved. He was not consulted. uh, He's super frustrated. Some of that might be true. Maybe a little more of it is true. Maybe that's just the truth of one side. Hoffman is reporting, that's not exactly true. And just to kind of back up what Hoffman is saying, I've been told categorically it's not true uh, by somebody outside the organization, but somebody, again, very familiar uh, with how things work at Redskins Park. So I don't know if that part is, I, I don't know enough to know that for sure EB's report is absolutely wrong. I, I I just don't know enough, so I don't feel comfortable with saying EB is wrong, I'm right. But Hoffman is pointing out that, yes, Jay at times has been frustrated, but that he liked Landon Collins. He was involved in that. He liked the addition of Case Keenum. He was involved in that. I've heard that he and Kyle Smith have a terrific working relationship, and it's a matter of boxing out guys like Bruce Allen and Doug Williams, and that there is some splintering, there is some fracture, if you will, in the Redskins front office. There are some parties and some camps, uh, and it appears certainly that things are somewhat dysfunctional, as they always are, and it seems like some lines are drawn, but I think it would be a mistake for us to believe that Jay Gruden is not involved or hasn't been consulted in any way, shape, or form in any of these moves. Now, again, the level maybe it's not the same as it has been in years past. He's essentially a lame duck entering essentially a final year of his deal, even though he's got two more left. Uh, again, if he wins, things will be you know great. I suppose if he loses, he'll probably be fired and be the offensive coordinator for his brother. Uh, um, John in 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 Vegas uh, whenever they go there or in Oakland how, however that all shakes out the bottom line is is I think it is I think it's a situation that Jay Gruden again maybe has lost some of his juice some of his influence some of his cachet I do not believe that Jay Gruden has lost all of it um, and again if you just go based on how Hoffman kind of reported it. And what I was told directly, um, you know, it would kind of stay along those lines. Again, communication can be better. Jay Gruden has admitted that. There is no denying that. Um, lots of communication issues. Lots of agendas. Lots of things going on behind the scenes. And again, you know, I, I would just point this out. I love Doug Williams, but Doug Williams is more a figurehead than he is in reality, an actual. Uh, personnel director. And that's just the nicest way I can say that. Uh, one last note before we, uh, and we'll have more on this as it develops uh, in the next episode, episode number 195 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. One other note before we get out of here, the uh, former Redskins, Pashad Breland, former Redskins corner going to agree to terms with the Kansas City Chiefs joining Kendall Fuller. Orlando Skandrick is a free agent. I don't imagine he would be back There, he was not very good after the Kansas City signed him, after the Redskins cut him halfway through training camp, and also former Redskins and Vikings offensive lineman Tom Compton signing a deal with the New York Jets. Remember, they let Spencer Long go, and they still have plenty of money. And they also have Jamison Crowder, something that I did hear Jay Gruden was not happy about in any way, shape, or form, that Jamison Crowder was allowed to leave and that the Redskins did not make a strong push To re-signing him. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 194. So again, Eric Flowers, a one-year, four million dollar deal. Just after we had broke down the possibility of him coming and why I thought it was a good fit. And ultimately, Eric Flowers is coming to Washington. I think it's a good move. I don't know how much of the $4 million is fully guaranteed. If it all is, I'm not sure. Maybe I'd feel a little bit different. We'll have to wait and see what the structure of the contract is. But Eric Flowers in the fold, according to Adam Schefter and John Kahn, both of ESPN. That's going to do it for us. Chock-Phil News & Notes edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 194. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Please share a friend when you get in your car. Smart speaker, device, play podcast Locked on Redskins follow at Locked Redskins at WrestleMania 621 at Locked on NFL net on both Twitter and Instagram and adios.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.